0: Assalamualaikum alaikum and hello for Real on New Web Global. Early in October, Pakistan's interim government announced that all illegal immigrants living in the country repatriate by November 1 or face deportation. Hit hard by uh, this decision are hundreds of thousands of unregistered Afghan refugees and asylum seekers living in Pakistan for years. Now, does the caretaker government have the authority to introduce such major policy shifts when under Pakistani law, the caretaker government is there to only take care of the day-to-day matters of the state is a question that is being asked. Consequently, challenging the interim government's move while seeking orders to restrain the government and the law enforcement agencies from implementing this expulsion policy, a group of politicians and rights activists filed a petition in the Supreme Court on November 1st. Amina Masood Janjua was one of the petitioners filing this appeal in the Apex Court. She joins me here to discuss her hopes uh, with the petition and the repercussions of this decision. Ms. Amina Masood Janjua is a human rights activist. She has worked relentlessly against enforced disappearances in Pakistan Following her husband, Masood Janjua's disappearance in 2005, she has campaigned with the families of the forcefully abducted, co-founding the activist group Defense of Human Rights. She has worked for the release of foreign prisoners incarcerated in Pakistan and Pakistanis detained abroad. Her organization works closely with Amnesty International and United Nations Fund for victims of torture. Ma'am, thank you for making time for us. Most welcome. You are one of the petitioners who filed an appeal in the Supreme Court led by former Senator Faridullah Barber, challenging mass deportation of the Afghans, while later a similar petition was moved by the uh, before the apex court by a group of academics from the Lahore University of Management Sciences seeking a declaration that the children of Afghan refugees born in Pakistan are entitled to the country's citizenship under uh, section four of the Pakistan Citizenship Act. Uh, while it yes. also contends that this mass deportation violates sections of the Foreigners Act now during the hearing of the petitions last week supreme court's justice aisha malik observed that pakistan was bound by the un's conventions that protected the rights of the refugees so how hopeful are you that your petition will achieve its aim to halt the crackdown uh, on afghans uh,
1: thank you very much uh, faryal yeah um... It's an honor for me to be the petitioner uh, in this uh, highly important and humanitarian cause uh, because uh, the Afghans have been uh, refugees in the country of in our country since not today but from the last 40 45 years at the time of the uh, US, uh, USSR invasion on Afghanistan, That was the time when they first started migrating and coming to Pakistan. Mm. And over the years, uh, those families who migrated at that time, they are having their third generation coming up. So their sons and daughters and then their grandsons and granddaughters were actually born in Pakistan. So anybody who's born in Pakistan is actually a Pakistani. Mm. Similarly, uh, there was a second generation. episode of uh, migrations which started after 2021 in august 15 when uh, Taliban had their government and uh, americans were ousted and they went uh, back to their country at that time also uh, the those who felt any uh, any danger to their life or to their careers or those who were the singers who were the actors and performers uh, mostly a uh, human rights community they migrated and even now they are they are a huge number like uh, 1.4 million which have migrated altogether so those are also actually in danger and because of the uh, so much uh, overburden on the institutions who were registering them hmm. so it they were two, three registering uh, bodies uh unhcr sharp and uh, another organization which was uh, under sharp so three organizations were doing their registration they could not do it overnight so it's taking a lot of time anybody who is without any registration card without any identity that doesn't mean they don't want to get it rather they are in a queue they are in a queue to uh, get the registration anybody who had this registration uh um, one citizenship card or uh, card of the nara which means uh, they are they have been registered as a refugee since oh. uh, they came uh, 40 years ago so, so although lawfully they are allowed they are nobody can uh, expel them or forcefully make them go out of the country overnight we have got all the laws on our side plus uh, this is a caretaker government the caretaker government has a limited mandate. The only thing they have to worry about is to c- conduct elections in a fair and transparent man- manner. There's no other responsibility, which is, uh, which is uh, you know, that they don't have any other responsibility to do, to especially to take long-term measures, and especially those which deals with a lot of uh, humanitarian crisis. They are simply not allowed to that to do that and if they have taken that they have to uh, they have to they have been demolishing a lot of uh, conventional laws and uh, universal laws uh, international uh, foreign acts of pakistan so they are actually violating a lot of lo- local and international laws so how come they are able to do that they are not allowed to demolish all these laws so why do you think so this of could course be- the supreme yeah. court has The ability and the knowledge and wisdom to overview the whole scenario,
0: Hmm.
1: and we have got a very good, uh, you know, uh, bench which is which has Aisha Malik, which has Yahya Afridi. So we are very hopeful that these wise uh, people uh, will put together their wisdom and they will, uh, you know, put a stay on the exodus of Afghani people, which are facing. extreme crisis because I humanitarian uh, issues and in the prisoners uh, activities which are uh, prisoners which are Pakistani prisoners abroad or any other nationals which are imprisoned in Pakistan so that's our mandate so we have been able to get a lot of Afghanis and Pakistanis released from from Afghanistan and now it's another big issue which we have to tackle because there are Afghanis in Pakistan who have been incarcerated in the jails and who have been disappeared in Pakistan. So those families, how can um, they leave their loved ones there?
0: Sorry to cut you short, but what do you think was the urgency for this government to take this decision up at this point? I mean, we could have waited till after the elections uh, to maybe make a more calculated decision. Why do you think this decision was taken in such a hurry?
1: Yeah, that's like we are also shocked that why it was uh, uh, given about, about not giving any details of the apex committee which announced this and uh, who were the members of those uh, this apex committee which ordered this uh, you know exodus of, of Ghani national mm. and uh, plus we we are in we are kept in dark as to what are the what are the motives of this apex committee and why are they in a hurry that they gave only one month deadline? It's like beyond understanding, beyond any comprehension. Uh, it's like out of proportionate act of uh, this uh, caretaker government to make all the Afghans leave this country within a month. So, so being... we think that we have they are trying to you know uh, uh, to make a our attention towards things which are irrelevant and actually they are creating trouble for pakistan because we don't want we want to have very good brotherly relations with our neighbors but what is happening is because of this decision afghanis have also resorted and they have also given a a couple of statements against pakistan so we did not wanted that kind of uh you know friction between our neighbors you actually not just that they are this step is against the national integrity of Pakistan. It's rather against the peace and solidarity of
0: Pakistan. You think the move is meant to pressurize the Afghan uh, Taliban to uh, control the PTP? uh, Because we know the caretaker government. He told uh, journalists a few days ago that after non-cooperation from the Afghan government, Pakistan has decided to take matters in its own hands. And this move is, um, it shouldn't be unexpected or surprising in his words. Uh, do you think this, this is one of the reasons? And will the move help curb terrorist attacks and militancy in Pakistan? Uh, there was an IED blast in Peshawar uh, in the morning today, uh, which left uh, six people, uh, including four children, uh, injured. Uh, so nothing seems to sort of deter such attacks.
1: Attacks in Pakistan, the terrorist attacks are happening since 9-11. It's not uh, something which is happening right away now. Even before the Afghans came, they were terrorist attacks. In the Ziaulhaq regime, they were terrorist attacks. They were, in the uh, uh, Musharraf regime, they were terrorist attacks. And it is something to do with some insider job. Whenever the government wants to divert our attention, they, they start doing this kind of things. Hmm. So we don't think that this is something external. We feel that this is something internal. They have to, you know, what's the use of these security forces and intelligence agencies if they are not able to curtail these attacks? What are they supposed to do? It is their intelligence to, you know, uh, comprehend and beforehand, uh, you know, uh, control these kinds of
0: attacks. If they
1: are not doing so, it means that they they have failed.
0: Right. So there are analysts who are also saying that the crackdown on the Afghan migrants ahead of the February's elections is going to be a big blow for Imran Khan's PTI as Afghans are considered to be PTI's vote bank. Uh, last week, the Interior Ministry cautioned illegal and legal Afghan migrants to refrain from supporting or funding any political candidates or electoral activities in Pakistan. Uh, is the deportation move also or only aimed at Further dismantling PTI's vote bank. Do you think this is also one of the reasons? Yeah, it
1: could be. It could be. Uh, you, uh, I am also starting to believe that it can be one of the reasons because uh, this is true that a lot of Pashtuns and Pashtun exist on both sides of the Durand Line. Mm. Uh, for Pashtun, there is no border between Pakistan and Afghanistan, and they are one one tribes who are living on, on the side of the Pakistan and also the same tribe is existing on the other side of the border. So they don't uh, believe in this kind of border at all. And uh, they firmly believed in the wisdom of PTI and especially Imran Khan. And uh, they strongly voted for him. And even before uh, 2018 elections, in 2020, 2013 election also, uh, Imran Khan was holding the uh, government of KPK. So it's been like... Uh, uh, almost eight to nine years that uh, KPK is ruled by PTI. And now, after the demolishing of PTI government uh, in last year, after the no-confidence move, um, a lot of Afghanis, who are now Pakistanis, of course, it's uh, one and the same thing, they are going to vote for, for uh, PTI and for Imran Khan. And maybe that's why they, are, they have, uh, you know, made this strategy just before elections so that uh, even Pashtuns and Afghans are discouraged and, and they will not be uh, able to give their vote because they have be in such a turmoil. They are not even allowed to take away their cattle back. They are not even allowed to take more than 50,000 rupees. Mm. So mm. when they have done business over here, they have earned, they have built up their properties, their land, their uh, buildings. How can they just leave everything and, uh, you know, cross the
0: border? it's absolutely uh, inhumane it is and from the way things are moving we are uh, we are expecting perhaps uh, a phase wise expulsion of everyone i mean in phase 2 authorities are going to probably expel advanced citizen card holders and then uh, even those with proof of registration uh, will probably uh, have to leave uh, though news yes. of people with documentation being harassed and repatriated are already there i mean There are already news that people who are holding valid uh, cards and valid registration are also being repatriated.
1: Yeah. We have started, um, it is happening like that, that even the card holders will be expelled one day.
0: Mm. We are just
1: giving uh, some cushion time for them to, you know, sort the matters out and then uh, uh, they should uh, be going back. They have to start thinking of going back. So uh, we have started one thing that we issue a letter on my letterhead and we give the statement about the so-and-so person, like the families which are attached to uh, defense of human rights. We write their names and everything. And we say that we condemn this um, expulsion of forceful expulsion of Afghanis and the matter is subject in the Supreme Court of Pakistan. And unless and until the matter is decided, nobody is actually authorized to expel any of the punis whether they have cards or they don't have cards because in the article 2 of uh, sorry in the article 4 of pakistan uh, constitution it guarantees uh, right to live right to life and anybody who exists on the on the land of pakistan will be guaranteed so uh, we are not we are not allowed to buy constitution as well. And through this, these letters, we are, have been successful in managing uh, many to stop man, many deportations, which were due. Some of our families have been able to, you know, stay here in spite of having their cards and everything. So we can further expand our this letter system of mm-hmm. uh, giving these letters to the affected families.
0: So uh, talking a little about uh, people's reaction, there's almost a palpable silence on the streets of Pakistan. Uh, the econ- e- economically and politically battered Pakistanis are not protesting this move to expel Afghan refugees. There's no outrage on the streets. Uh, there's, uh, there was this uh, survey done by Gallup Pakistan. And uh, according to that survey, 84% of Pakistanis strongly approved government's move to deport uh, uh, illegal Afghanis uh, from Pakistan and it was found that uh, there were around 64% of the respondents who said that repatriation of the Afghans would lead to improved security and peace. So in that case, uh, you think Pakistan is justified in doing what we are doing since this is what uh, the people of Pakistan want?
1: Maybe we've had enough.
0: Yeah, but uh,
1: what what does the law say? What does the constitution say? If like eighty five percent of Pakistanis don't know about the constitution, eighty five percent of Pakistanis are involved in their you know everyday struggle to just to get uh, to be to survive. They are to plunge into economic uh, collapse, so they don't have uh, much to say about a plan crisis because there are already so many crises which is which are going on. And the worst of all is a battle for survival, hmm. uh, because of the price hike and escalation and the devaluation of the Pakistani rupee, and uh, so there are one thousand and one issues plus this international scenario as well. Uh, since the war uh, in started in Gaza, uh, things have also uh, people have more started thinking about in those terms
0: hmm. in the
1: international uh, uh, way. And uh, for about, uh, if 85% are saying wrong, if they are voting and casting, their vote wrong. That doesn't mean they are on the right. So, and uh, because they have been uh, a narrative which has been built by the state through uh, uh, through social media, through state media, through talk shows and all that, uh, which are convincing the ordinary people of Pakistan, which are convincing that the, the reason for terrorism, the reason for, Every kind of mischief in Pakistan is because of the afghanis hmm. So this is a wrong narrative which is being built. And uh, what to say about their own doings? What they themselves are doing? They have been like harboring uh, terrorism in themselves. In uh, they are involved in state terrorism in uh, in abducting their own citizens. From across Pakistan, the whole Balochistan is now in one voice crying and yelling. Similarly, in uh, KPK, in Punjab, in Gilgit-Baltistan, and also in Kashmir and, and Sin. So no place is safe. Mm-hmm. So, uh, can they look into their own, uh, into their and what they themselves are doing. So, how can they build such narrative? when they have built this narrative. That is the reason mm-hmm. that 85% of Pakistanis are voting against
0: Afganis. Also, I think when uh, nations are going going through a tough uh, phase, which we are at the moment, you do sort of tend to develop xenophobic tendencies. You become more intolerant towards minorities, towards people from other lands. And um, uh, maybe this is one of the reasons uh, people are just sick and tired of uh, the insecurity around us. The militant attacks. And like you're saying, the narrative that is being promoted, people are more likely to resort to that narrative. There are also exactly. reports. Uh, there are also reports of um, hundreds of dollars in exit fees, which are being charged from Afghan refugees who fled Taliban's persecution and are waiting relocation to the Western countries under various resettlement schemes. There was a report in the Guardian the other day that said that the uh, fee, uh, the fee uh, a fee of around eight thirty US dollars per person. Is being uh, charged, which has which is also being condemned as shocking by international rights organisations. Uh, it is it is unfair because uh, we have to make we should be making the resettlement process easier for them. Uh, and this is the lofty exit permit fee. Um, yeah. Why do you think th- this uh, unjust, very unjustified charge uh, has been uh, uh, imposed? Why is the government charging them such a high fee for this?
1: Actually, it's a big mafia. Whenever there's a tragedy, whenever there's a humanitarian crisis, uh, migrations, uh, war and terror, and any such scenario which is uh, dealing with the public of Pakistan, with the with the minorities or with anybody who has been migrated, uh, the government takes it as a you know as an opportunity, as an opportunity to earn. Dollars, we have been earning dollars in the war and terror, and un- unfortunately, this was stated by the ex-president Pervez Musharraf in his own book, in the line of fire. He mentioned that the government has received bounties of dollars from CIA in yeah. handing over people. So it's like selling their own people. They have been doing this kind of thing. So any such humanitarian crisis is actually looked upon by the government of Pakistan as an opportunity to earn. And maybe the top top uh, officials will not be informed their, the uh, lower staff or the lower people or the people at the borders are involved in this kind of activity. And they are hiding this from their top bosses. So this is also a possibility. And there's also um, fee is being uh, asked from the Pakistanis by the Pakistanis, from the Banistani people, to uh, let them stay in pakistan hmm. and when this uh, fees is being taken and they go back to pakistan and they try to resettle then they are again caught by the by the pakistani uh, security forces and they are ex- again expelled so that is also it's happening on two way basis
0: hmm. this
1: is very very unfortunate And conscious people, especially civil society, academicians, and uh, especially the people as well, who are aware and who really want to uh, save Pakistan and to build it on the the pure democratic values. uh, People like us, we will not settle down. We will continue to raise our voice in whichever platform we are able to. If we have to do the international lobbying, we'll do that. We have to uh, go abroad and meet or uh, attend certain conferences. We'll do that. If we are fighting the this petition, this is not the end of the world. We have many other venues to go up. So we'll continue this struggle. Come on. may.
0: Yes, and and uh, talking of resettlement, there there are there is a very high number of. Uh, 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 there was a report in the British media that there were around 3,000 Afghans uh, who are in Islamabad awaiting evacuation to the UK, and then there are around 1,500 uh, who are awaiting the same uh, to Germany, and 20 th- around 20,000 people who have been rec- recommended for asylum by US, U.S. officials and NGOs, and they are waiting in Pakistan for their cases to be examined. Uh, so I think uh, it's it's it'll be sad if all of them get caught in this deportation dragnet uh, while they are waiting their evacuation uh, to the Western countries. Uh, the the Norwegian uh, the Norwegian and Danish refugee councils and the International Rescue Committee they have uh, reported uh, widespread harassment as around 10,000 Afghans cross the border daily. And like you yourself just mentioned that there are reports uh, of Afghans with valid documents who are just fleeing police uh, harassment. And then there are restrictions like you just mentioned uh, on the livestock and the cash that you can take with you and anything in excess of that has to be left behind. But then there are people who are complaining that uh, even an amount which is less than the limit are uh, is being confiscated And their jewellery and their personal belongings are being confiscated. And if this wasn't bad enough, there are reports of police allegedly asking for sexual favours from Afghan women, looking to avoid detention. Now that's like adding insult to the injury that Pakistan has caused. How can this type of harassment be kept in check?
1: Yeah, it's uh, because the political will of the Pakistani government is uh, lacking in every venue, in every kind of uh, wrongdoing which they are exercising at the borders and even in taking the decision. And because uh, at the borders, things go out of control and things like that and uh, uh, sexual harassment and uh, like uh, reports of these are coming, which which are very, very disturbing. And it's like uh, putting uh, uh, more on the on the insult, adding insult to their agonies and miseries which is cannot be justified by any anything at all and government must uh, you know prevent this at any cost so far they have been just adding the troubles adding to the troubles of apani but this kind of uh, mishap can lead to international uh, humiliation an international bashing of Pakistan by the United Nations and by all the international bodies which are keeping an eye on the human rights records of Pakistan. So uh, Mm -hmm. considering all this, plus also the dignity of uh, humanity, dignity of uh, life and Mm -hmm. its respect, uh, Pakistan must take immediate action and try to repair all the damages which they have already done. And uh, taking back this, uh, you know, decision of uh, revoking this decision of deportation of Afghanis. Because it it is going to continue. If that is going to continue, the crisis is going to escalate. And it will escalate to the limit at the point, it can go to the point from where it will be out of control of even Pakistan. And, you know, we will be adding trouble to our own bucket.
0: Hmm. Uh, Some observers are also of the view that Pakistan's expulsion of Afghans uh, will pose more security risks for Pakistan and Afghanistan instead of removing the risk factor. And they say that since Taliban would not be able to uh, manage the huge influx of returnees who are desperate to sustain their families, some will be misled into criminal activities within Afghanistan and others might get into armed militancy. So perversely for Pakistan, the winner in this chaos uh, in that case would be the TTP, which might find among those who have been expelled individuals who are familiar with Pakistan and could be persuaded to attack the state that destroyed their lives by deporting them. How do you view this preposition?
1: Yeah. Uh, this is actually quite possible and very uh, realistic, I would say, because, uh, uh there is this presence of TTP and, uh, they can, uh, you know, take this opportunity into grabbing the desperate people, the, you know, who have been cornered already, who have been, uh, devoid of everything. They have been crushed and oppressed in the worst way possible. So they can take advantage of that and use them against Pakistan itself. So that's a very very dangerous possibility that can happen, and um, it's quite possible that uh, we in near future we might start uh, uh, reaping what we have uh, already sowed. So if we are going to sow hatred, if you are going to sow oppression, then obviously that's going to be to be cultivated, and that will grow into a crop, and that's we we have to reap at a certain time. So as you sow, so shall you reap.
0: Also, uh, one thing that really uh, sort of is beyond understanding is that uh, this uh, repatriation is a logistical nightmare, especially in this freezing weather with thousands of uh, these refugees crowded into the narrow mountain passes, deportees they have to probably wait for days on the Pakistani side. And once they, they're across the border, they wait for days again before uh, an overwhelmed Afghan um, uh, authority can register them and transport them to makeshift camps. Now, is the Pakistan government taking the impact of these logistical challenges into account? Or are they totally unaware? Are they not, not uh, bothering to try to understand what exactly this means? Uh, the fact that so many such a huge number of uh, people have to be deported in such a short period.
1: Yeah, that's the that's designed that way because uh, the kind of order which came from the APEX committee and what the planning was behind, you know, behind the closed doors and by the uh, God knows who is the mastermind of this kind of plan. Yeah they had, of course, very much in mind that it's going to create a crisis situation and it's going to prevail for not just for one month, it's going to prevail for years ahead. And that would mean that years of suffering and, you know, uh, especially at the borders, when they don't want to go and over there, there nobody is there to receive them happily. On both sides, they don't want to leave from here and they don't want to go there. From there, they are expelled forcefully. Over there, they are not welcomed. And this is another tragedy, and very emotional uh, trauma which is attached to their deportation. Mm. Plus, there is physical uh, torment, physical uh, torture also involved. Because this is a very, very sad part of this whole uh, scenario that for years and months uh, ahead, they will be uh, they will be on the borders. And in this freezing weather, they will have nothing hmm. and because of the sick because of the poor and because of the a- aged people who are the elderly people they might in this uh, you know uh, process of uh, deportation they might even die even, even the children so,
0: and the women. Yeah, uh,
1: and the children also, they will get sick. They will get pneumonias. They will get like uh, mm-hmm. viruses and they, what they were feeding on, what they are eating, what they are taking, is there clean water available to them? Nobody is really helping them. Uh, mm-hmm. The far-flung areas of the of the Khyber Pass and these mm-hmm. are the areas where only the truck drivers can be, you know, available no other village or no other uh, such cities near these areas. Uh, Also from the Chaman border and uh, from the Khyber Pass border, both are equally bad uh, deserted. So there is no humanitarian help which is being given to these uh, uh, poor uh, Fwanis and uh, who are being expelled in a very very tragic manner. And unfortunately, I really really don't want to say this, but it feels like it is designed to be like that, mm.
0: unfortunately. Yeah. The situation for women and girls, I think, is also exceptionally challenging. Uh, the International Rescue Committee, they carried out an assessment of individuals who were arriving in Afghanistan's Turkham, out of which 30% of the respondents were women. And uh, out of that 30%, 59% were pregnant or they were lactating, which is more than half. And 84% of the respondents said that they had no access to food. Uh, return, those who are returning also worry about Taliban's restrictions on girls' education. And these are pretty depressing statistics. It's like we are literally pushing these women into a hellhole by deporting them.
1: Yes. Yeah, that's true. because. Their right to education, their right to uh, involve in business and politics, and into to have their own choice—it's their inalienable right, and it cannot be taken away. And if they have taken, uh, you know, uh, refuge in Pakistan to be able to get these things, to be able to get food, enough food and water, if not uh, careers, and if not uh, sophisticated things, hmm. that's their right and uh, any country cannot if, because they are they were not happy to become refugees they were only forced to they were forced to become refugees they have been forced to that means that they will there's no possibility of having a good life for them in the in the country of their origin that is the reason why they have migrated hmm. because it's not an easy task to you know just leave everything behind take yourselves and cross, cross the border coming into an unknown. They have come into an unknown. But now, after coming to an unknown, they don't want to again go back to an unknown
0: place, hmm. which might be
1: detrimental to their human rights as well as their survival.
0: Yes, and life in Afghanistan is, is going to be much tougher, not forgetting that Af- Afghanistan's economy is hamstrung by sanctions. And then there are banking restrictions and there are natural disasters. Uh, i think they are unable to provide jobs for new entrants to the workforce every year and it is hard to imagine how these hundreds of thousands of deportees from pakistan will find employment or how will they sustain their families uh, especially when women cannot work and girls can't go to school yeah,
1: yeah. so i, I am very grateful to
0: you yes very grateful to you uh, Ms. Genjua, for your invaluable time Thank you for very much for your presence. Thank you for watching. Allah Hafiz and goodbye.